1: Time we're ever getting excited about second. From now on it's first, okay? All I want to do is fucking eat! I want Judy! I want Judy! I want you to want this shit! Do you want it? Do you want it? Show me! Budget did it again!
3: Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? (laughs) Hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, not much, Shane. We got, you know, this is a little bit of a shorter pod, not a ton of news today. Wednesday's always the teleconference day. These coaches obviously don't like to reveal too much. Anytime you ask them a real question, Shane, they Mm -hmm. just dance right around it. But uh, speaking of dancing around something you have no idea what you're talking about, Shane, let's start the show off here. With old Colin (laughs) Cowturd he was asked about Joe Burrow. Shane, we all know, obviously played at Ohio State. Uh, You know, the only reason he's at LSU is because he lost the quarterback competition there. uh, Not this spring, obviously, but the spring previously. And uh, the Fox Sports college football analyst, next time someone uh, tells you that Coward's a college football expert, uh, just just reference this clip, and I think... uh,
1: That'll shut that down pretty quick. This Joe Burrow kid—it's like LSU's a different program. Yeah. Oh my lord! I—I I, they look—they look better than Clemson's look this year. Tell me about Joe Burrow. Did you know him? Your connections to him? Well, first uh, uh, LSU when I was in the SEC, every time we played them, I remember they'd come out of the tunnel and you'd look and say, "How are we going to block these guys?" <laughs> That's the best-looking team or one of the best-looking teams. Uh, Joe Burrow, we recruited him at Ohio State. He's from Athens, Ohio. His father is a longtime. A defensive coach was Frank Solich's defense coordinator forever. Great family, incredible kid, tough as nails. Uh, he's developed into a pro prospect, and uh, I've talked to him quite often, and uh, couldn't be more proud of what Joe's done. How would he get out of Ohio? Well, he signed. He played for us for three years, and then he moves on. He did a grad transfer. Dwayne Haskins and uh, Joe oh. had the battle. Uh, what was it? Two years ago in spring, and it was. I mean, it was. It was inches from who was our starting quarterback. And Dwayne won the battle. Joe left as a graduate transfer and play, obviously starting his second year now. I mean, he's really—he's the real deal. Yeah, he's really uh, what, what he's done so well. All right, Shane. So it's pretty clear
3: he had no idea. I, I bet you he didn't even know who Joe Burrow was until this Texas game a couple weeks ago. And that was probably the first time in his life he ever heard the name Joe Burrow. Uh, I mean, there's no way getting around this clip. This is a terrible-looking clip for him, don't you think?
2: Yeah, he can't act like you know what college football's about and not know who one of the Heisman frontrunners are, you know? <laughs> or even his backstory. I mean, you're sitting next to a coach that's recruited him, and I think he was surprised halfway through this
3: clip that they actually know each
2: other. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, he, Meyer, i got to give him credit. It seemed like he played it off at first, but then when Coward came back at him, he was like, well, yeah, you know... uh kind of have a history with this kid <laughs> hanging out with his dad a few times all right
2: <laughs> uh, how does colin still have a show you know that... just a whole bunch of yelling just him you know shannon sharp i think is keeping him in business that's that's the only thing i can guess
3: he's really good at talking for three hours non-stop to himself shane i give him a ton of credit he's making millions to do it so i'm not bashing him too much but uh yeah, he's out of his depth here when he's talking about Joe Burrow and SEC <laughs> football, that's for sure. That's right. All right, Shane, like I said, kind of a light show here, but we do got some teams to hit on. You ready to go around the league? Let's do it!
1: Now let's go, now around, let's around, the go
0: league. around the league! We, we haven't decided how we're going to play the guys, so, and I wouldn't tell you if I did. So, you know, I don't mind you asking a question, but... I don't need to answer
1: it. No, I mean, I'll be whistling Rocky Top by the end of
2: the week, i our play. I mean, it's just like, right? I mean, you just hear it over and over, and, you know, like every other, every third song, it'll roll through within the crowd noise that you play at practice, so you just uh, you get used to it. It's a catchy tune, right? All right.
4: This game's going to be a street fight. This game's going to be a street fight. I mean, some of you guys don't know who Kimbo Slice is. Hopefully you do. I um, mean, you go back to it, man, this isn't a sanctioned fight. This is a street fight. I mean, this is the SEC. So, oh, man, it's time. It's time to put on the hard hat. Launch bail. Let's get to work.
3: All right, Shane, let's start here in Tuscaloosa. Roll time! This happened right before we jumped on here. Nick Saban met with the media here on Wednesday. And uh, you know this kid that uh, Saban says missing in action? He said that about a week ago. Five-star defensive end Antonio Alfano. He's the highest-rated prospect that Alabama signed in the 2019 recruiting class. This is a kid that showed up early. I remember they made a big deal about it. He added like 35 pounds of muscle from, not from when he arrived to the football season, but from when he arrived to the start of spring. I mean, this was a dedicated kid, someone they were looking to make an impact. And Saban just kind of... I don't want to say threw this kid under the bus, but uh,
0: he kind of laid it out here why he's no longer around. Well, I don't really know much about that. I just know that the guy basically quit. Uh, he quit going to class. He quit coming here. Uh, we tried to encourage him. We tried to help him. We had tried to set up counseling sessions with him to help him every way we could. And all those things are still available to him if he wants them, but he didn't respond to any of the things. So I just, until he responds, you just have to assume the guy quit.
3: All right, Shane.
0: So, this is kind of awkward to
3: hear. You know, Sabin had kind of mentioned there was some personal stuff here. And uh, for those that don't know, I give a little bit of backstory here. Uh, last week, it was, I believe, on Friday, that uh, this kid's father went on Twitter and uh, announced that uh, Alfano had been dealing with uh, some tough family issues. Apparently, his grandmother is very ill. He's very mm-hmm. close to his grandma, and he wants to leave Alabama, and his father said he encouraged him to stick it out, stay at Alabama. But uh, apparently he's just really close with his grandma, and I guess hers probably just compounded the fact this kid's from New Jersey, for those that don't know. So just being away from home, not being around there, I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but I guess this kind of explains he's not technically gone from Alabama, but... I mean, based on Nick Saban didn't sound very happy with him. I think they're they're kind of bending over backwards to make it work for this kid and it sounds like uh it's not gonna work out at Alabama.
2: Yeah. And and again, I don't wanna I don't wanna speculate because, you know, family is important and if this is a situation where he's I mean, he's I, I get it, you know. I mean if you wanna be around your family, I, I don't think football should hinder that. So but on the flip side of the coin, if it's something else, you know, and he's just not getting his way down there, you know what I'm saying? There's there's better ways of handling it, and um, he's he's not doing that. Of course,
3: he is a he is a kid, man. You know what I'm saying? Right. And uh, this is very typical of being homesick. So, uh, not like again, I'm saying not trying to make excuses, but it sounds just like all things considered, that's kind of what this is. Uh, but why this is also compounded for me, Shane? This is two years in a row. If Alfano does leave the program, two years in a row that Alabama's top ranked signee no longer with the program. Remember uh, all that back and forth with Anome, uh, the guy that left leading mm-hmm. up to the season. He was a five star. This Alfano's a five star. Both defensive ends, both five stars. And it compounds the fact that Alabama, Shane, man, they've been just, they've just been hit. Over the head, it seems like with the injury stick, you got linebackers going out left and right. You got linemen going out left and right. LeBron Ray, their junior defensive end starter, he's out for six weeks minimum. Saban said here on Wednesday he's having surgery.
1: Yeah. Uh,
3: it, on the teleconference today, Saban was asked, "You know, have you ever in your career had to rely on this many freshmen?" And he said, "No. I mean, point blank, he can't think mm-hmm. of a time." And in his front seven. There's about four of them that are freshmen, Shane. So wow. this is kind of what we're hitting here with Alabama. Yes, they got two and they got these great receivers. If they can outscore people, you know, there's an outstanding chance they can go undefeated. But, uh, I mean, until further notice, Shane, this defense is a huge question mark.
2: You know, with Alabama in this situation, dealing with it last year, you know, you got to remember some of these some of these recruits, especially the ones that are are, are highly touted like this guy – can be a little bit of a diva. You know what I'm saying? And you got to – I mean, these guys have been told how great they are through the entire recruiting process. The coaches are telling them good. Every campus they go to, they're rolling out the carpet for. But then when you get down there and you've signed, and now you're bumping shoulders with other recruits just like you, you know, you are you are just a number at Alabama. I, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that all of them are that way, but – you know, if you expect things like that, and then you get to a university that's just got a roster full of other people that are just as good as you, and, and you know, sometimes they they can't handle it. You know, they they enjoyed the spotlight and being told that they're great, and and now they're not doing that. They're having to you know compete, which they haven't
3: ever had to do. You know,
5: mm-hmm.
3: yeah, and you make a good point, and just keep in mind, we're not necessarily hitting the panic button. We're just saying. They're losing all these guys. They yeah. may they may go eleven and one. You know, it's like oh my god. <laughs> but just imagine, maybe anywhere outside of Georgia, but any other SEC program, Shane. If they're losing back to back five stars, back to back top recruits, I mean, they're that's serious issues and the program. Maybe you know, <laughs> the program may be uh, just collapsing. At Alabama, it's just like well, that just gives us room to sign another one next year. You know what?
2: Yeah, well, I, I do think that this this new staff that they have down there is better equipped to handle young talent. Uh, you know, some guys that's been around for a long time. So Saban doesn't have it all on his shoulders. But, I mean, I am concerned. I mean, a lot of youth can
3: catch up to you. What's their schedule looking like here in the next four or five weeks? Well, they got it pretty sweet here, Shane. They Obviously, this week they post Southern Miss. That's a mm-hmm. team that's already lost convincingly to Mississippi State, and then they uh, come around here and they play Ole Miss, Shane, and that's a home mm-hmm. game. Then they get a bye week, and then they travel to Texas A&M. So that's going to be their first, I think, real test of the season, and they need to have this defense ironed out. Uh, I mean, it, it remains to be seen how good Texas A&M is, but by by that time, the Yankees could be rolling, Shane, because they're obviously they got Auburn this week, and then they yeah. got Arkansas. Let's say they win both those. They have two weeks to prepare for Alabama. Uh, that that could be a tough one.
2: That could be. That's that's the one I got circled because you know that's a team that is talented, that is deep, that has experience, and and those are the ones that you know are going to give a team that is young like Alabama a fit. So um, yeah, that's the one I've got circled, man. All right, Shane. Let's
3: jump on down to Gainesville we got some exciting news here for Florida, Uh, but this is something that uh, had been rumored, but I was unaware that Florida was involved, so this is pretty exciting, Shane. But HBO Sports has announced here on Wednesday that the Gators are going to be featured on a new documentary called 24-7 College Football, and this Mm -hmm. is made by the same people that make the HBO NFL show Hard Knocks. They're going to have the same narrator and everything, same crew making the, the show. And it's during the season. The, the only uh, downside of this, Shane, they're filming. Uh, they're, they're spending a week with the Gators filming. But it's during uh, the week they play Towson, the FCS program. <laughs> I really, really wish it would be, you know, obviously an SEC team. But I think going down to Jacksonville, the the world's largest outdoor cocktail party in Georgia, I think it's a missed opportunity that we're not getting it there. But uh, still, a, this is going to be really cool. I think that HBO does an outstanding job. I don't know. I'm just I'm looking forward to this, Shade. And the other teams, I know this is outside the SEC, but i just let the fans know, uh, Arizona State, Penn State, and our boy Mike Leach, Washington State. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be four, and the, the Gators are the first one, and this show is going to air October 2nd. So yes, it is a, a, the Towson game they're covering, but I'd still be interested to see how this goes, and if it does well, I imagine this is something they're going to be rolling out every season.
2: So we got Dan Mullen,
3: Leach, mm-hmm. um, James. Is it Her, Is Herb out there? Uh, James Franklin at Penn State, and then yeah, uh, uh, the former Herman Edwards. Yeah, Herb Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh uh, yeah, so they're gonna have some personalities, but it's just they're just doing one week at a time, right? This isn't a whole like we're gonna
3: do three or four weeks of the Gators, are we? No, just one one week on each each program here, and uh, it you know it doesn't say here, but if I had to guess, Shane, I bet this is kind of like a trial run, and if it goes well, maybe they get into more schools next year. Like maybe they do one every week or. Uh, I think it might be too much to ask to follow one team all year, although Showtime has done that. I know they did it with Michigan, and I think they did it with Notre Dame, uh, maybe as another school or two I'm not, I'm not aware of. But uh, I think that's a lot to ask, to just have camera crews on you all season, particularly in a high-profile SEC. I think that's probably why the Gators were like, all right, you can come in here, but it's got to be Towson week, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, nah, this is cool, I guess, you know, I, I I, I do like to see the behind the scenes, but uh, I definitely wish it was a game that the players were pumped up about playing, you know, something like that, just so you can kind of feel that. But, but beggars can't be choosers, you know, <laughs> I'll still be watching it.
3: <laughs> All right, so stick- I, don't,
2: I don't know how much dead that I can handle, though, man, I hope they do bounce around quite a bit.
3: Sticking with the Gators, Shane. Let's jump to uh, this. Was a really cool clip. This is from SEC Inside, the SEC Network show that uh, follows a team during the course of a week leading up to the game. So kind of like this HBO series, but because it's SEC Network, you know, they don't. There's no cussing. There's no behind the scenes really. I mean, it, it's a good show, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not this HBO level. But they captured Felipe Franks in the locker room after this Kentucky game, Shane. I just thought this was a this was a great clip.
1: Hey, look, y'all boys too good to let this slip like that, bro. We should, we should not have came out there like that, flat, just like that, We, just like we did right there. we too good of a team. Y'all have each other's back. You know what I'm saying? That's taking away just in one play, just like y'all just seen. One play, y'all should go hard every play. Every play, like it's your last. Don't like, I don't up. have no regrets, because I know I'm going to go hard every play. For y'all boys. Love y'all boys. And I love winning too much. I'm dry. I'm dry, come on, bro. We got. bro, we too good to let this slip. Right now, right now, hey, let's go, bro. Family on three. One, two, three. Right.
3: All right, Shane, so you get an idea from this clip, the leadership that Dan Mullen and these Gators say that Felipe Franks has. And uh, I don't know, I just think this is great to see. obviously lost for the season, but he's still there cheering on his teammates, doesn't want to lose whether he's in the game or not. And uh, it's easy to see why the Gators have been rallying behind Felipe Franks here.
2: Yeah, man, I mean – you never know when your last game's going to be. You know, only only some of the lucky can choose their last game and go out on a You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The the fact that Franks gets to come back, that's that's awesome. But there's, you know, players like Inky that, you know, he didn't think that was his last game when he got hurt. You know, you just, you know, hell, I didn't, you know, my last game was at Bearden High School when we lost. You know, it's it's one of those games you just never forget. And and all you do is think about, did I, did I do the best I could? You know, did I leave anything on the field? Because, you know, then you start questioning yourself and doubting yourself. So, you know, to have somebody like that, a vocal leader on the team to just, you know, reemphasize just how important the game is because it's a very small window, man, for some of these players. This this may be the last two, three years that they
3: played football, so take advantage of every moment. All right, Shane, sticking with the Gators, I wanted to flip over, obviously, because we're hitting on the quarterback here, Felipe Franks, and now the new guy, Kyle Trask. With Felipe Franks gone, not only does Trask have to become the face of the offense, so to speak, He's also that role in the media, having to meet with those people, and uh, I just thought this was interesting because he met with the media here this week. He was asked about you know stepping into that role, not only off the field but on the field, and have to do these obligations. And he was also asked about Felipe Franks and how much uh, you know how much he's helping him get ready for his first career start. And keep in mind, Shane, this is this kid's first start since freshman year of high school. So it's been a while for your old uh, Trask. Did, uh, what, what do you, th- how do you think your responsibilities are
4: going to change? I know you're going to prepare the same way, but like you're up here doing this, you're the guy now, like Dan even said, and you're the, you're the quarterback at the University of
3: Florida. How, how does that all kind of dynamic change you or do you think about it?
5: Uh, I mean, you know, there's definitely other things to do like this uh, per se, but at the end of the day, you know, you got to keep it all in perspective, and you can't get outside of your element. And you know, like I said, my one, my focus is 100% on Tennessee right now, so I'm just doing my best to stay focused on that. Kind of
0: building off of that, how much do you anticipate maybe leaning on Felipe this week, talking to him, or are you just kind of letting him focus on resting?
5: Uh, no, yeah, he's, you know, me and him him have spoken a lot, a lot in the past few days and he's been really supportive. So, you know, I'm sure he's going to be there with um, everybody in the quarterback room, you know, in the whole preparation process. So, yeah, like I said, he's been really supportive and it's good to have a, a good friend like that around. All right, Shane, so the, kind of an unknown here for, for Kyle Trask for a lot of people outside of
3: Gainesville. It uh, this is going to be the quarterback Tennessee's going to have to stop if they're going to pull a big upset here this weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. Thoughts on Trask and and just him kind of, you know, it's it's all new. It's different. I think it's different when you the starter goes down and it's and you're in the middle of the game. You just got to go out there and execute the plays that are called. This is yeah. different with a whole week. You know, you going in. You're they're in SEC play, but it's a first home SEC game. There's he's probably got everybody in the world hitting him up this week. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's just different to me.
2: I bet it I mean it's been a whirlwind this week for him. You know, he's got a lot he's got a lot to do, a lot to prepare cuz like you said it's a it's a different ball game when you're preparing to be the backup. And this is something he's been a backup since freshman year in high school, you know. Right. So he hasn't had this type of uh, pressure or or stress on him. So how does he react? We don't know. That's the thing. So uh I mean, we're going to know real soon I mean, the benefit for him is that this game is being played at home, you know, uh, to a Tennessee that's been down, you know. I mean, it could have been worse. They could have been playing, you know, Georgia this week or something like that. So, uh, I think, uh, I think, honestly, it's just unknown right
3: now. And how about this, Shane? I mean, if Tennessee's staff earning their paycheck, I mean, they're probably studying this kid, you know, every obviously every throw he made last week, mm-hmm. everything he's done in a spring game – Yep. Going back to high school, if they got that freshman tape, (laughs) they're Mm -hmm. watching his huddle high school film. Now they have some tape on him. I would imagine, I mean, if they got any sense, and I I feel like Jeremy Pruitt, if there's one thing he knows, it's obviously calling a defense, getting a defensive game plan ready. They are not going to just sit back and let him pick them apart like Kentucky did. I think they're going to come after him. So, I don't know. I just think it's going to be a completely different – animal for him and i'm not saying he's in trouble but i just don't know if he's up to the task of of what Pruitt's going to throw at him here on saturday
2: absolutely
3: uh, pure chaos confusion
2: you know none of your de- you're you've got to camouflage your defensive schemes because he's only got so much film on tennessee now you know what i'm saying so if they come out with something totally different and they apply that pressure it could be good but let me ask you this as opposed to Franks, Franks had a pretty long leash. How long do you think that leash is on uh, Trask here?
3: Yeah, it's probably not as long because they obviously got Emery Jones. Mm-hmm. We've never really seen much of him lately. We're not even seeing a whole lot of him on the field in meaningful action for the Gators. So I don't know how ready he is to run this offense. I think based on what I knew from him coming out of high school, he's got a long way to go when it comes to becoming a passer. Yeah. But I think they're going to need him out there for that running aspect of the offense. So I certainly think we'll see him. I don't know how much we're going to see him throw the ball. But, uh, you know, that's an interesting question, Shane, until we see what he's got. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Dan Mullen to roll Emory out there, and then every time they have him, they throw it, you know, just to throw yeah. Tennessee off. So, I mean, if, if he's a lot better thrower than I know him to be at this point, then – the leash I think for Trask is very short because I think I think they'd rather have Emory Jones out there because he's the future. But yeah. if he can't if he can't throw yeah. it, I think that extends Trask's leash uh, quite a bit because the strength of this Gators team I think is obviously the receivers. It's not that offensive line. It's not the running game. So they need to stick with a guy that can throw the ball and get it to those receivers on the outside.
2: I'm just curious the pulse you know of Florida. Here you coming off a ten win season you're undefeated at this moment and i'm not saying that it happens but if it happens that tennessee beats the florida gators there in the swamp you know how how restless is this fan base going to be because they're going to feel like this was a gimme game you know what i'm saying or even let's say they let's say they struggle you know it just seems like coach is going you know he was excited about the options he had and i think that he's willing to play with them options. You know what I'm saying? I think Emory, I think we're going to see him, but I think it's going to be a extremely short leash on Trask, and if things go awry, then don't be surprised if Emery comes in sooner than later because at least you could be excited about the future if you got the young talent running around making plays with his legs, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. All right, Shane, let's jump to the other side of this game. Let's jump to Rocky Top. Rocky Top. Where Jeremy Pruitt met with the media here on Wednesday. Uh, We don't have any clips from Pruitt, but the only thing I wanted to add here, Shane, big news here for Tennessee, Bryce Thompson and Jeremy Banks both making the trip here to Gainesville. Uh, Any surprise there? I mean, it certainly sounds like Bryce Thompson going to play in this game. Tennessee desperately needs him if they're going to match up with these Florida receivers. I thought it was kind of comical he didn't play last week. I know Pruitt said, you know, he's got a He's, he's out of shape. He's been out of the game for three weeks after nine <laughs> months of being in the weight room training. But he's I'm sure he's in shape, Shane. But uh, thoughts on Bryce Thompson getting back out there on the field. And it's not confirmed that he's going to play. But if he's making the trip down there, uh, people at practice said he was running with the one defense. I mean, he's, he's going to start.
2: We've known this
3: all along, Mike, you know. We knew he was going to get a slap on the wrist, and he was going to be back before the Gator
2: game. And here it is before the Gator game. So you can't be surprised there. Now, the other one, uh, the Bull, you know, he got in a little trouble himself. <laughs> of course, they made it. The, the media made it sound like he had a – I mean, he did have an active – Capius, i guess but you know it wasn't like he was a uh, a felon or anything like that he just didn't pay a speeding ticket so he had to deal with that so but the media came across saying oh another one you know so
3: well i actually have the- a funny note on that shane uh from what i understand they picked him up right in front of the football complex like they just waited for him but it is kind of stupid that i apparently they were waiting for him they, they like you said, they had some kind of like worn out on him for weeks. Yeah. And you got to think he's spending the vast majority of his time either in the classroom or in the football facility. Like how inept do you have to be to take this along and <laughs> find him? You know what? <laughs> it's simple.
2: You call coach Pruitt and you tell him and his ass is there tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Right. The, there was some things they could have done to me. Ma- I mean, I mean, they're kids, you know what I'm saying? I, I, when I was at Tennessee, I think I still got citations down there, you know? I'm, I'm oh, I've got some to unpaid park. parking tickets, that's <laughs> for sure.
5: Know?
2: That's right. I wonder about that every time I park down there. I was like,
3: are they going to get me today? Because <laughs> I don't know how much, you know, but I know it's up there. <laughs> well, sticking here with Tennessee, Shane, I wanted to include this clip because certainly Juwan Jennings, he is the leader of this team. You know, he kind of came out after the opening season loss and kind of put it on the table, said this team is not going to give up. And, yes, they lost against BYU, Shane, but they – I mean, it was night and day the effort and uh, just his play in particular leading this team the last couple weeks. I don't know if you know this, Shane, but uh, he is – I believe he's second in the SEC in touchdowns. He's got four touchdowns Mm -hmm. receiving. So, I mean, Jennings is doing his part. And he's had a lot of success against Florida in the past. And he's ready to go down here and get to the swamp.
4: It's going to be, it's going to be, the level is going to be crazy. You know, we're going to have lots of energy. You know, we've been having lots of energy since that last game. I told you we we're going to come out with lots of energy. And uh, this whole team just ready. We're, we're fired up. Like I said, it's a road game going into swamp, Florida. How else can you put it? Like it's an SEC game. We're going to go out there and give our all. And that's all that matters.
3: All right, Shane. So for a team that no one's going to be picking, and everyone's basically laughing at around the SEC. <laughs> this is the type of attitude and leadership you need going down there. I mean, he's looking to go down there and make some noise, not just show up and and try to compete.
2: Absolutely, man.
3: Hell, he's been down there seven times, you know. He knows his way around the <laughs> swamp. So,
2: he's pumped up and that's what you got to have. You got I mean, that's just that makes you feel good as a Tennessee fan because I'm not getting the clips from Florida, man. I'm not getting them out here talking about this rivalry. I'm not getting them, you know, I mean, hell, we just played a, a, a video for uh, Franks, but that was for the Kentucky game. You know what I'm saying? They're not thinking about Tennessee as much as they have in the past, but you hear this just, I mean, just coming out of Juwan's mouth, you know, it just, you know, that they're all, pumped up and ready for this game. So um, this
3: could be a sneaky one for the Gators, man. Last thing here on Tennessee, Shane, and this has got nothing to do with the current team, but I just wanted to give a shout-out here to Chris Lowe of ESPN because he wrote a terrific piece. I recommend everyone to read it. Uh, Maybe we'll just uh, share the link there on the Reddit page. But he wrote an article 10 years after Lane Kiffin left Tennessee, and he kind of reconnected with a lot of the people – Uh, that were associated with the program at that time. And, of course, Kiffin among them. And I thought this little nugget was great, Shane. Uh, Obviously, Lane Kiffin lost to Alabama as Tennessee coach, but I know you'll remember this for those that don't remember it. It was a very tight game. I believe Alabama blocked two field goals in that game. And
2: Sean Cody.
3: Alabama won by two points, I believe, in the final play of the game. Tennessee was kicking a field goal that would have won it, but Cody blocked a second one. And uh, Mm -hmm. that was the end of the game. And apparently Kiffin said, you know, they go to the uh, midfield to shake hands with the opposing coach. Apparently this is what he said to Saban. Good game, but that's the last time it's going to happen. And then (laughs) Kiffin to this day says, well, it was the last time it happened. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, that part was true. And then he said, like a dumbass, I also didn't know that I was going to need a job from him in five years. (laughs) But it's a really good piece on oh. just how crazy that staff is, how crazy that year was. And one other comment from this piece, Shane, that I thought you'd appreciate: uh, Marlon Walls, the defensive lineman, uh, mm-hmm. played for Kiffin during Tennessee's year. You know, he was asked about you know what Tennessee would have accomplished had Kiffin stayed longer than that one year. He said, "Yeah, we were gonna win some championships, no doubt. We might have had to give some of them back, but we were gonna win them." <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, man. It would have been fun, Mike. It would have been fun. Yeah, it happened. My my question with that Cody thing was, he took his helmet off. That's a 15-yard penalty. I'm just saying. That ball was still alive. Ten, Should have been ten
3: years later, folks, he's still bitter. Still. Oh, man, I was. I, I couldn't believe
2: it. It's like we I, this guy has a vertical of like two inches. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he just blocked this kick. And I all I could see is Cody just running off the side of the field, screaming with his, his helmet above his head. And I was just like, man, we were so close. So close. But me and Lane, me and Lane, we're going to get it next year.
3: You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Shane, let's jump to Lexington. Uh... where Cash Daniel met with the media here recently, and he had to answer for something, Shane. Uh, if you've not seen it, there's a viral video going around. It certainly appears like he tried to twist the ankle of Kyle Trask at the bottom of a pile. Uh, you really should recommend, I recommend you watching this video, because he kind of plays out what happened here, but he denies those allegations. And let's kick it over to what Cash Daniel had to say, and then I'll ask you about it on the other side, Shane.
4: Do I talk a lot of crap? Absolutely. Do I bump a dude here and there to get underneath his skin and talk while I'm doing it? Absolutely. That's my part of my game. That's what I do. But am I out there to deliberately hurt somebody? Absolutely not. I've kept my mouth shut about it. I've been biting my tongue about it as long as I can because that's something that I actually hold close to me. I'm a victim of a dirty play. If you don't believe me, I got a plate and seven screws in my right ankle to prove that. I got a scar running halfway down my leg. So I'm not out there to hurt anybody. My hand that I had surgery on, this one got stepped on as it was going down. This surge this surge we repaired hand has two screws in it. And if enough weight's still on it, it, still hurts like you know what. My hand's caught underneath here. I instantly get stepped on. I'm trying to move shit around. I pulled my hand out there the last second because I just pulled it out. There was like, I got it stuck underneath a lineman's leg with all that weight on it. Then I pulled it free from that, kept moving stuff, kept hitting legs and stuff, and finally it came through. Maybe he felt something weird, I don't know, but I'm not out there to twist nobody's ankle hurt nobody. End of story. What did he say to you, I, mean, you guys... I don't know. I heard something 56 and I play with the FU mentality. So when I hear my number, somebody says, it. I'm going to turn around and say something right back to
3: them. All right, Shane. So who you believe in here? I mean, the video certainly looks like he tried to do this, but base when I saw this video, uh, obviously we're big cash, Daniel homers. I see what he's saying. And if, I mean, he's showing his hands here, they're all marked up and, and cut up like he says. And uh, it kind of makes sense what he was talking about. And I, and I tend to think that uh, a guy like Cash Daniel, if he was really trying to hurt someone, I—I I mean, this might sound kind of crass to say, but if he was trying to hurt someone, I think he would have hurt him.
2: Oh, Mike, I've watched this thing a thousand times, and I've—I've I've paused it and I've tried to figure out what what's going on here. What's what's really going on at the bottom of this this pile, and. I don't know, man. I think he looks a little guilty. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've I've watched it. And then, you know, Cash is a big guy. And he is, he's he's got a knee. He's almost up off the ground. There's no reason that the arm or the hand should do what it did. I mean, if he just wanted to remove it from the crowd, he could have just slid it out, it seems like. But I don't know. I, I wasn't there. You know, I, I didn't have a great view of it, but i don't know it just it looked a little dirty and i hate to say it because i like cash
3: i got you yeah i'm not really i'm not really saying one way or the other shane because i'm kind of with you it looks dirty as hell he says it's not dirty i don't know i guess we'll never know but uh but i think you're right the video certainly makes it look like a dirty play happened there yeah all right shane final thing i got here like i said this could be kind of a shorter one here we don't have a clip But, uh, Tommy Stevens met with the media here recently, sounded pretty optimistic. He did not say he's cleared to go, but he said he's better at this point now than he was last week at this time. So that kind of, you know, put one plus one, I think is two. Shane. I think that's his way of saying, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a go here against Kentucky. And I think that's obviously huge for Mississippi state. I like Garrett Schrader. I don't mean to be so critical of him, but, I just don't think he was ready last week. Maybe he's more ready this week, but I think Mississippi State at this point is only going to go as far as Tommy Stevens can take him, particularly when they're playing such a good team as Kentucky. Um, thoughts on uh, Tommy Stevens, how big it would be if he's playing, and uh, do you think, is there a point to where, you know, maybe they can play him, but he's a, but he's banged up? Do you play a limited Tommy Stevens, or do you wait till he's 100%? What, what do you think about this one? bigger picture Mike you know what's what's good do
2: you want to 80% Tommy Stevens out there or do you want 100% you know and if 100% can be done in two weeks well then I'm not playing him for two weeks you don't play somebody that's touching the ball every time you know you just you're just not you're not doing that man you know what I'm saying so I like the bearded trader, and honestly I saw things in him that I think with a little work and a little development, he could be a hell of a quarterback. Uh, he's, he's a big quarterback. He's he's able to run. He does make quick decisions where, the, where they always right? no. You know, a lot of times he tucked when he should have threw. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, that's what you're going to learn as you play more and more. So I'm not willing to roll out a busted quarterback uh, and and, and – not to mention potential of him getting seriously hurt. You know what I'm saying? Because what if he is playing at 8% and then he really gets hurt. And next thing you know, he's out for a year, you know, then Mississippi state is going to have to rely on this freshman quarterback that they were being limited with to begin with. So no, I, I think not, not to compound things. You still got KT down there. You know what I'm saying? So if, We don't know that situation, but if if this is me, I'm the coach of this team, and I feel like a couple weeks Schrader could be all right. Or not Schrader, but uh, Tommy could be all right. Mm -hmm. Maybe if, let's just say KT has some of these suspended games. I'm not saying that, but let's say he is. Let him play the next few weeks. Let Tommy get better. If you don't feel good about Schrader being your quarterback, I, it just seems like there's a whole bunch of things you could do here. And uh, you, you don't want your quarterback being a game time decision.
3: Well, my only thing that I would add, Shane, that I don't think you hit on there, Tommy Stevens, you know, I'm sure it's everybody's dream to go to the NFL. I don't. We certainly have not seen enough for him to, to say he's like an NFL prospect, but I'm not saying he's not, but – You know, this is his only year. This is his only year to put tape out there for scouts to look at, whether it's NFL or XFL or Arena League, you know what I mean? So I think there's pressure on him. He's probably putting pressure on himself, even if he's not 100%. He needs to be out there playing these defenses. He needs to show what he's got because no one really knows. And, you know, while he hasn't been spectacular in his first couple of games, I think he's been Solid. I mean, I think he's yeah. he's the best quarterback they've had since Dak Prescott, I think. And I'm certainly not saying he's yeah. Dak Prescott. But, uh, you know, if he continues to progress, maybe by the end of the season, he's playing the best football of his life, he'd maybe have a shot at the NFL. But if he's only got, you know, eight games of tape as opposed to 12, I think that's a major difference. And I think that's something that, uh, that could potentially cost him a draft slot if he's just – you know, is not out there against these upper echelon defenses. You know, what else is going to cost some draft spots, Mike, is throwing interceptions, which he
2: was able to do last week. So there was some, like, extremely underthrown balls. And, you know, they credit that toward an injury. So what what what's the point of game film if it's shitty game film? You know what I'm saying? So let's get him better, get him healthy. So maybe he only has five games. You know, but at least he's 100% and we see the Tommy that Tommy is, not what Tommy's trying to be.
3: Yeah, no, that's a good point. All right, Shane, so like I said, that's all I got on this one. We're going to have a pick, a picks podcast coming up here on Friday, as usual. Uh, you got anything else before we get out of here?
2: Mm, I'm ready to turn over a new list mike i'm ready to make some money tomorrow buddy so uh be be able be sure to check those out uh i appreciate everybody hanging out with us this is a short one because it's uh, it's 11 o'clock man it was a late one for us so i appreciate everybody uh hanging in there and uh the ratings review really do help us out so if you got an iphone or if you could steal an iphone or if your neighbor's got one just run over there give it a quick rating and review uh we really do appreciate the effort and uh of course all the fans
3: Absolutely Shane that really goes a long way and uh, just want to say thanks for joining us as always and thank you Shane for joining me I'll catch you on the next one
2: All right see you guys go Vols. Happy to you, until we meet again.
1: happy praise to you keep smiling.
0: cares about the clouds when we're together.
4: Just sing a song and bring the sunny weather.
0: Happy, Happy Christmas. Christmas.